The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, let's take a quick look in terms of the latest where the Russia-Ukraine conflict is uh, concerned. NATO announcing that it will be deploying a permanent full-scale military force on its border with Russia to defend its uh, territory against a future Russian invasion. Uh, That's what the Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stolenberg, has told the uh, Telegraph and has described basically that the alliance was in the midst of a very fundamental transformation. Uh, Professor Pamandla Zondi is professor at the Institute for Pan-African Thought and Conversation at the University of Johannesburg. Professor Zondi, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, good morning, Kelty, and good morning to the listeners. Professor Zondi, what do you make of this latest move by NATO? Uh, nothing new, nothing really new. Um, uh, NATO has been beefing up uh, its defense systems across the whole of NATO. Um, it's been happening um, Germany before, it happened uh, Slovenia, it happened uh, in, the, in, the, in the further south. It, uh, the military alliance, um, like all military institutions, from time to time they beef up, bringing new equipment, bringing uh, new defense systems. And they are posture towards, uh, that anticipate some aggression coming from Russia um, has also been happening for over 15 years now. So they have been building up that. They did that. That's how um, uh, Poland got fortified. That's how um, it has been happening in the eastern side of, the, of NATO. It's really been happening almost every five years. And I guess this, part, this time, what is perhaps important is part of the information war the propaganda war, uh, you need to project that you are doing something about uh, the, the Russian military incursion in, in, in Ukraine. They need to kind of say something to the citizens of Europe and kind of convey some message and kind of uh, manage public opinion. Uh, but nothing new, really. Mm. So, so when we see statements like what we see now is a new reality, a new normal uh, for European security in as far as then the longer term adaptation of, of NATO, you are saying that they've long been building towards <laughs> this point. So it's not as new as it's being projected. But definitely. There is no new reality. Um, NATO NATO has been in existence for over 70 years, so it's nothing new about it. Uh, secondly, NATO is a military alliance, not a peace alliance. It's not all about peace, it's about preparing for war and even creating conditions for war. There's nothing new about it. Um, uh, 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 and, and the Russian uh, military stances are also nothing new. Um, you, you remember the uh, Russian action against Chechnya, against uh, Georgia, in South Ossetia, and now against Ukraine. So nothing new on both sides. I mean, it, it's been a continuation of the Cold War, and the Cold War is over 70 years old, and nothing is really new. But what actually perhaps uh, the Secretary General of the NATO needs to do is to justify the need for NATO. That's what he's trying to do, because the French uh, president said something very telling Recently, when he says NATO is a huge body, but it is brain dead. In other words, it, it is not part of a vision of a future. It's not about a future. It's really 
about the past. It's, 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 it's devoid of new ideas. It's not really about fashioning a new world or stuff like that. Mm. It's kind of brain dead, but it's physically very important, like like a robot in a way. Mm. We'll continue the conversation with Professor Pamandla Zondi, uh, who is with the Pan-African Thought and Conversation at the University of Johannesburg. So what then does this posturing, what impact does that have in as far as the current Ukraine-Russia conflict is concerned? We'll get him uh, to answer that in a moment. I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, it's 614 and on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Looking forward to taking your calls, being in conversation with you. It's 9.30. Liesl Wilson is standing by with the latest headlines. Liesl, good morning. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, we'll be taking your calls shortly on 011-714-2006. Remember, you can talk about any of the issues on the agenda. Feel free to raise whatever else may be on your mind, Professor. As Pamanda Zondi, I want us to look at um, this posturing that you've described. You know, you talk about, you know, the information war that is taking place. Um, but the post- the posturing must be to to some end. So, what effectively is it for? Um, it, it, um, um, there are there have been two options in the management of world world affairs now for for a long time, more than hundred and twenty years. Um, one is you guarantee peace by dialogue. The second is. You guarantee peace by achieving military victory against your opponent. This latter view has defined European politics for a longer period of time. Europeans are the least concerned and are the least interested in civilized ways of um, of finding uh, of finding um, uh, end to conflict mm-hmm. uh, in just to broadly in world, world terms. Partly because they have the means to victory militarily. Um, perhaps it might be said that the countries of the South and developing countries have been most vocal about uh, finding uh, uh, dialogue ways of ending conflict because they, perhaps they don't have the means uh, for devastating the other side to victory. Uh, so they have the basic military means, but they don't have the most precise, the most expensive. Uh, the most devastating, the most uh, the, the ones that can cause mass destruction in, in the real sense of the word. But the European world, now in that I include Russia as part of that big European world, um, have always had the sense that they can um, uh, achieve peace through military means, which is why, um, by the way, uh, the majority of the most devastating world that wars that we have seen in the past 100 years the majority of them took place on European soil. And this last one, which is taking place right now, is also taking place on European soil. The last three took place on European soil, perhaps um, with the exception of the two that took place in the, in, in the, in the Arab world, which is Iraq and Iran, and, and, sorry, and Afghanistan. But both of them involved Europeans taking the war there. So it, 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 it's part of the divisions in civilizations thinking about what really, really, really can help the thing. 
which is why in this current debate about what to do about the Russian incursion, um, you, you are increasingly being pushed into a position which promotes war, which is condemn one side, demonize one side, and then justify military build-up and, and all of that because it's a form of defense. But we come from a world, uh, like the African worldview, which says when, when people fight in the beam, they don't have to finish each other. They have to wash each other's wounds at the end of their battle because the war should not lead to attrition, should not lead to complete destruction of humanity. I think that is part of the fundamental thing. And in this case, the Russians and the NATO share this kind of worldview about war as a solution. Does that mean that this conflict is nowhere near over? Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Remember, there must be a victory. Um, how the wars ended, ended around uh, 1990 was the sort of a defeat, though it was not a military defeat necessarily, but a defeat of the Soviet Union. And then um, the West went into triumphalism, and they, were, um, uh, they spoke about end of history. Yeah, which meant that, that there was an end of contestation. Now the Europeans were unrivaled, almost like in a boxing match. Now it was undefeated champion of the world, the West. And, and then a champion, an undefeated champion of the world does not want to see any new adversary rearing its head anywhere. What does it do? It needs to finish that one off. Let's finish it off in two ways, Katie. It's always been like that for, for the past 500 years. You defeat it militarily, or you defeat it by propaganda. In other words, you create conditions where the whole world thinks it is, it, it, it's a demon that must be killed off, it, it must die off, and, and that is it. But there must be victory. But we come from a world where we say there must be coexistence, mm. there must be reconciliation, there must be some form of finding a new way to exist again. And that, in order to do that, you do not see devils and demons in the conflict, but you see two parties with conflicting interests that can be redefined, and then you can find your footing again. That is how we ended apartheid. You have to recognize that the apartheid state had interest. Give something to it, then it will come to the table, and then it will do. But if you simply just said it's a demon, you can't negotiate with a demon, it must be finished off, as Zelensky is trying to do, we would destroy South Africa, and we have victory. It's called Pyrrhic victory, um, uh, Casey. When you have victory, but all the bridges in your country are gone, all the petrol stations are gone, what victory is there in a rubble? Professor Spamandla Zondi, I'm going to have to leave it there. <laughs> I'm actually wishing that um, we didn't do this conversation for the thinking point and that we, we had you a little bit, we could have you on a little bit longer because uh, I think there's so much, there's so much else that um, I would have wanted to, to share and explore with you as part of this conversation. Thank you for your time, Professor Zondi. You're welcome. Thank All you. right, Professor Pamandla Zondi there, uh, who is with the Pan-African Thought and Conversation at the University of Johannesburg. And and this issue of narratives, right, and I'm, I was just thinking about it as Professor Zondi was speaking. This issue of narratives, it's not just unique to the um, Russia-Ukraine conflict. I think it's true for different ways in which we view and and consume and even frame 
uh, news in in our world as well. This idea of good guys and bad guys. We love that narrative. And I know that, yes, even as journalists, we're, we're guilty of, of, of framing it in that way in the first place. But, you know, we love this narrative of good and bad and, you know, evil. This one is evil. These ones are the bad ones. These ones are the better ones. These ones are the good guys. And, and that's actually part of what allows the gray area to be so as, as, as vast as it is because we don't create that room for nuance. We don't create that room to say, actually, you can, there can be things about you that are good and there can be things about you um, that are bad, but there is a standard. There must be a standard. So let's try and uphold the standard by all means. Let me go straight to the phone lines. Lots of you are already on hold. Uh, Tukulo, you're calling from Harry Smith. Good morning. 